0: Welcome back to Best Behavior Creative Club, a Design Sensory Original Production. I'm Chris McAdoo. I am uh, joined by Brad Carpenter, our producer. Say hey, Brad. Hello, it's me, Brad. (laughs) There we go. And we are here at the Governor's Conference on Tourism and Hospitality. And on this episode, I'm joined by Kimberly Leonard and Wolfgang Streitberger. You got it right. I got it. I'll start with you, Kimberly. Tell Tell the good folks at home a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what brought you here.
1: Oh, sure. Thanks for having me, Chris and Brad. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. So I'm the Director of Sales for the Tennessee Department of Tourist Development. I oversee basically the sales program as a whole in covering the state. Um, But my main focus is managing the international markets as well as our international in-market representation. And it's, you know, great job. What a uh, you know honor it is to represent such a great state such as Tennessee and all the product that we have to sell
2: well I'm the German representative that's my official job title I've been doing it since 1996 it's become second home to me I, I love to do this it's more than a job I, I, I love it I basically have my own agency in Germany called text transfer communications I come from communications I'm a journalist by trade and um, so I look after the media I also have a colleague in Germany Julia Uding who looks after tour operators and travel agents but my job is to tell the Tennessee story to the media so they tell the people to come and visit and spend a lot of money here so the, <laughs> the job description is, is very easy uh, bring more German Austrian Swiss uh, travelers over here have them stay longer and spend more money it's pretty straightforward well
0: Kimberly tell me a little bit about your history kind of what brought what brought you here or what brought you to that position
1: um actually so I started out in sales right out of college and then got into the hospitality industry moved into the CBB world um so and actually that's where I met Wolfgang We won't say how many years ago. Um, (laughs) But uh, you worked with Wolfgang a lot and um, doing the marketing and group sales for the Bristol CBB and then kind of came to the state about three years ago in 2016. Cool.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, all right, let's dig in. So this conversation is going to be kind of, it's going to be pretty specific about like this international thing because that's what you guys do every day. So talk to me a little bit about the challenges to communicating Tennessee or all the things that we do to an international audience? Uh,
1: well, I would say one of the main challenges <laughs> is the language barrier. Yeah, there's a lot of languages um, mm-hmm. that we, with the countries that we focus on, we're very, though, blessed. English is very common
2: yeah. across Europe. You're right. When I started this uh, more than 20 years ago, um, most people knew some English some didn't know any english as at all so they they would rely on a coach guided coach tour with a german guide that's pretty much over the generations which are coming now mm-hmm. know english definitely well enough to find their way around mm-hmm. uh, so it's mm. for for western europeans in general it's easy but chinese is a different story right?
1: right right the asian markets they they still need the step on guides who speak the language to help to help them yeah you know and you go to these other countries and you'll see you know, Germany you'll see you know words in German and then you see them in English and versus the United States here we, we don't we're not quite that advanced <laughs> yeah. having the different languages yeah. so that is a challenge for visitors coming in
0: yeah well how do you guys how do you guys find these visitors? Or Where do they come from, or where are people coming from to come and visit Tennessee?
1: Um, So, well, of course, we have a lot of, we look at the different markets that are coming into the state using that research. Um, Of course, Canadians is number one um, outside the U.S. But looking at overseas, the U.K., Germany, and actually, Australia are our top three. Oh, cool. And coming in. And so we, you know, focus those, use those metrics. And then we focus on those countries. We work with people like Wolfgang and Julia in the German market. Our in-market reps who mm-hmm. live there, yeah, and they're working with the travel or the travel trade, like the agencies and the tour operators, and like Wolfgang he, who works with the travel writers, and getting our story into their media, into the hands of the booking agents, and so forth.
2: And I'm all, often asked, uh, "Oh, where, where do you live? Do you live in Nashville?" No, we are really in market. So I live in Germany and I do my work in Germany, I'm here for a conference or I'm here in Tennessee to bring journalists and show them around Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I'm probably in the state like three or four times a year, but my actual work, what I'm paid for, happens in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. And there we would do events with journalists or a lot of calls with journalists, telling the Tennessee story and stories. And a lot of what we do in my particular work with a journalist is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about Tennessee is you've got so many stories. You've got, of course, you've got your history, which is stories over stories. But <laughs> the, your music is, is so many stories to tell. And we actually have many writers who we win to come over here and we actually compete against the entire world. I mean, these journalists could also be invited to, and they are invited to go to Australia, you name it, long distance uh, destinations, to Asia or whatever. And they are usually wind and dined to come there. And uh, so we have to win them to come over here. So that takes a little bit of working them. But what we learned is once they've been here, once they come back and then they find stories over stories, news stories. So we have some good journalists who have been here for four or five times reporting different stories all the time. Huh. And That's that's a key thing about Tennessee. You've got stories to tell.
0: Well, what are, I mean, for you guys, when you go out and you, you're talking to these different markets, what are some of our favorite stories? What do the people want to know about Tennessee?
1: Uh, well, I mean, we kind of focus on the, of course, the music, you know, Tennessee is home to seven different genres of mm-hmm. music. I mean, gosh, that's, a, that's great. And amazing stories, are outdoor experiences. Um, anywhere from the Smoky Mountains to the rafting to mm-hmm. hiking and biking, it's, it's amazing. We have 56 state parks, along with the great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is the number one visited park in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Very, very blessed with that. And the, then Wolfgang's, like, you can jump in here. You know, this, the unique <laughs> stories hidden well, gems.
2: Um, some of the stories we tell are embedded in the southern story, okay. and uh, we, we work together with other southern states. Uh, we have a little co-op in Germany called Deep South U.S.A., and it's five states working together. You, you can name them, and it's, it's Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Kentucky, that doesn't really fit Deep South, but it's in there and alabama i think i named them all now and we work together and one of the stories is within the united states you have a distinct southern story which has its own standing it's not what you know about america so Mm -hmm. when we, we 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 hope for travelers who don't come here on their first american trip but on their fifth or sixth which actually happens that's when they come they have seen Florida, they have seen California, they've been to New York, and then do, usually they want to see like the real America where the history happened. Huh. And and then they come here, and then they come again and again and again, because they, once they've seen other parts of America, they see what's so special about the South, which you don't see when you come here first. You think, then you think this is typical of America. But then when you come here, On your fifth or sixth visit, you notice people, oh, Americans are very friendly, but these people here, they are even (laughs) way more friendly. Uh, um, New York, uh, people are very busy running around. And in California, here it's so relaxed. I mean, I arrive and within an hour or two, I'm tuned down two gears. (laughs) This is about the stuff. (laughs) This is about vacationing. People have time to take time to talk to you on the street. So that's like the broader Southern culture. And that also includes music, Southern music. I mean, we wouldn't only tell the story. We have like 17 genres of music. We would actually be broader about, or bolder about our approach. we say, this is where all, Ameri- uh, all worldwide popular music comes from. Mm-hmm. Here are mm-hmm. the roots. And here you can see the roots alive and you can go in in Tennessee like every night you get like 600 live performances I mean that's a story to tell people first don't believe it but then they come here and they see it (laughs) or southern food Like uh, here what I see like people get into like newer kinds of southern food like chefs play with traditions and make it modern this is good, some people like it but many Europeans We really want to the real thing. They want barbecue, uh, which may be outfashioned here by now, and they want um, grits. <laughs> right. I have, a, I have a really good story. I'm gonna chime in here real quick.
0: <laughs> but I was in France for the Cannes uh, Film Festival, uh-huh. and I was just started the conversation with this person who was from Germany, somewhere in Germany. Right. And he was like, Oh yeah, I've been to I've been in the United States twice. And I was like, Cool. Where'd you go? He's like, Florida, and then Nashville, Tennessee. All right. And then his wife, who didn't speak hardly any English. Well, maybe Maybe a little bit, but she turned around and she said,
2: "Biscuits and gravy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that, that that's a story which which uh, speaks to what what uh, about the different cultures we are dealing with. Um, much of I mean, we include myself because I'm so in tune with Tennessee by now. We. We we are like the the fish in the in the aquarium. We we don't notice what's so southern about us. We don't notice people speaking a southern accent, but other people do, and um, and they love it, like the southern accent thing. They love it. There's there's nothing uh, bad about it or. or no one would look down at a southern accent as maybe some northerners would do it no it's interesting it's a Mm -hmm. culture in its own standing and people are really blown away by that well that's there's i love (laughs) i love the
0: pride that we can take in in the things that we take for granted sometimes yeah that barbecue that you know the nashville hot chicken like all that kind of stuff i love that And the other thing that I think is interesting that you brought up, you guys have both brought up, is working together to tell that story, Um, you know, that the story of Tennessee is embedded in the story of the South, right? right? And so being able to, we're not competing with Georgia or Alabama or like that. Kimberly, if you want to talk a little bit about what you've seen, you know, maybe on just the kind of going on the past few years or whatever is... uh, is the opportunities to work together with our neighbors to bring everybody up, you know? Oh yeah,
1: actually, and that's actually something that we do on the international market is we work with our neighboring states. It's very important. And when the international, of course, we would love for them to come here and just spend all two weeks, 10 days (laughs) and, and more in Tennessee. We love that. But looking at how that traveler comes into the U.S., a lot of the times they'll come in, they'll stay at one place two or three days, and then they move on to the next destination two or three days and so forth. So we've realized working with our neighboring states in that and bringing international visitors here is a very part,
2: important part of what we do. And, and part of it now, speaking not about China, but about Western Europe, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. we have a distinctly different holiday culture than you do. We have a lot more holiday like oh. if, if you're a beginner <laughs> a, on a job in Germany, uh, like the lowest paying job, you're entitled to four weeks of paid vacation. I don't know how many years you have to work with an American company until you get four weeks. A, a lot of years. So that's, that's the minimum. But the people who we work with, they need a little bit more money than minimum wage to come here. These guys who work in jobs where they have six or seven weeks of vacation, uh, once in Germany, once you are, uh, have a college degree and work on a job like that, you wouldn't even start under six weeks. And that means the people who come here don't come here for a week or a week and a half. Mm-hmm. They usually come here for three or four weeks. And then over the course of the year, take another week somewhere in Europe to a different country and three short trips. That's our holiday year. You can only dream of that. In the Netherlands, which they even get a stipend from the government every year, like a certain amount of money so they can travel. It's like dream country for us here because we we get people here on paid vacations. In Germany, on a typical well-paying job, you get your 12 salaries, but in summer for one month you get another half salary, so you have money for your vacation. I mean, it's the way they distribute the money over the year. And that's a different culture. And then when people come here for three weeks, of course they will see more than just Tennessee. Uh, and, and that's why we don't compete. We know if we pull someone to Atlanta, that person will end up in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee, by its geography, is in the middle of every year. What, what can you do? <laughs> I mean, if, you cannot avoid Tennessee. You, you, you can go from Atlanta, which is the major airport, you can go straight to New Orleans, okay, and then fly out, but people wouldn't do that. They always do the loop through Tennessee huh. because
1: we planned it that way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but because they don't want to miss out the stories and the big names. And sometimes, sometimes certain cities or, or or celebrities are more known by their name than Tennessee. I would say Memphis and Nashville are more known than Tennessee huh. by name because there are so many movies and and um, mm-hmm. popular songs. Um, people have heard about it, and uh, everyone knows Elvis Presley. Yeah. and right. And we can, we can really play on that. So nice. no one would really try to avoid Tennessee. They all want to do that loop. And the, the very typical loop is flying into Atlanta, and then go through Tennessee, go Memphis, Tennessee, then you go up. No, down through Mississippi to New Orleans and look back to Atlanta and, and have three weeks for that or four. And that's a pretty cool trip. And, and a lot of that is in Tennessee, probably half of it at least, yeah. So that is,
0: for one, thinking about taking like three weeks to travel around sounds like a dream to me, which is wonderful, but it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural experience that allows someone not just to travel to, But to travel and be in right Mm -hmm. like you get to immerse yourself in that culture you get to meet those real people not just the 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 guidebook destinations or not just the you know um, you get to go off the beaten path on purpose
2: Um, yes and it's it's also easy to get here Um, of course it's a long flight and uh but we we are very most western european countries and then again that's distinctly different from china we have a privilege the American government gives us a wonderful privilege which is called visa waiver. For an American, it doesn't mean much, but basically, in principle, everyone who enters America, the United States, needs a visa, Mm -hmm. which is an expensive, tedious uh, process which no one wants to do. You have to go to the embassy, they interview you, it costs 150 bucks or something. That's basically the general rule but the American government set up a program called Visa Waiver Program that us Europeans, like 30 something countries in the world have that privilege only out of 300. And and for us, we only go online, we sign up online at least three days before, answer a few questions, and then um, pay 15 bucks, uh, of which 10 go into promoting America back to the uh, (laughs) federal (laughs) promotion program, Brand USA. Mm And um, and we are in and I feel so privileged about it and it's, it's countries which are friendly with America um, and who have wealthy populations so the idea is that we don't tend to come here and then stay here and work jobs where we only get one week of a vacation. Uh-huh. Not Why much of a danger you? You get in there. Four weeks
1: versus one week.
2: <laughs> Sorry. You can
1: get four weeks versus one week. If I
2: get four weeks, I wouldn't do it. But if you offer me six, I may consider moving over. Here.
0: <laughs> well, let's. I love hearing. I love hearing all the cultural stuff and the differences and the way people experience Tennessee and experience just that, you know, right. vacation. Well, let's look at those people that come over somebody that stays three, four weeks, six weeks, you know, right. somewhere in America. What do you guys, what's the economic impact of the visitors that come in? Like, what do you guys, what do you guys measure that at, and how do you measure that? Yeah.
1: Um, so we usually use a organization, a tour economics, Oxford Tour mm-hmm. e- economics, and they do measurements. They, they take a variety of such as the visas, um, there's I'm blanking on what well, they—they take a variety of measurements and compile them into their information and give us an idea of who's, how many visitors are coming from which countries, and an idea of spend as well.
2: And and we, we international visitors spend a lot more than domestic visitors. Is it like threefold or twofold at least yes. on average? Um, I, the exact numbers uh, we would have to look up. But for an international visitor, it's it's at, from Western Europe again. I don't know about Asia. <laughs> it's like at least a hundred dollars a day they spend per wow. person. Okay, okay. So say three uh, three friends are traveling; they leave like three hundred dollars in state. This is not considering the air transportation mm-hmm. or something. So we'll give it for two weeks, uh, fourteen days. Uh, 40 days, they leave like 12 or 13 thousand yeah. dollars in the country, and that usually doesn't. It goes into a lot of small businesses. They tr- they will try to avoid the big hamburger chain, and they will go to into the little local, authentic Americana, yeah. uh, barbecue place. That's mm-hmm. where they end up spending their money, or uh, hotels, whatever. But they would also look into the special stuff. So a lot of the money goes to, I would say, non-corporate economy, like little businesses in a little town. <clears throat> and for me, it was amazing to realize uh, when I first started this, what we do here is economic development. You think about travel, it's a fun thing, yeah, but it's economic development. Tourism is an industry and bringing, uh, say, a European tourist here is considered export. So how is that export? It's strange, isn't it? (laughs) But uh, but think about it. Say you have a little factory in a small town in Tennessee, which sends goods to Europe, and then gets uh, euros exchanged into dollars for it. That's how export works. Mm -hmm. Well, the factory is gone for a long time already, and now there's a little hotel collecting dollars which has been (laughs) exchanged from euros. Mm -hmm. It's export. And our little factory, what used to be the factory, now is a little hotel in a town. And that's why we do economic development and export, bringing tourists here. It's a little theoretical, but it works that way. That's how you collect money from Europe and bring it over here. (laughs) And that helps a lot of the little communities, too. It does. Well, the strength in
0: those little communities, the strength in... The places off the beaten path that people really want to discover. You don't travel six thousand miles to go to Hardy's. Essentially, <laughs> you you want to see the real thing. And we'll uh, we're, we'll we'll wrap up here in a second. So I just want to ask kind of one more question. Um, you know, both of you both you guys um, is what kind of um, what's on the horizon and or what would you say to an organization, an area, anything that is. Trying to dip into those international waters, get into the international market. Anything, tips and tricks, those kind of things that you guys have learned over doing this so much.
1: Um, I would first. I would also one of the things I would say is look at the different markets that we have, like the UK, the Germany. A lot of them are very west. You know all westernized, but they still have different cultures and different, uh-huh. start learning the cultures of the different countries. Yeah. Somebody coming in, you might already have international visitors. There's a lot of um, attractions that we've talked to that are like, nobody international comes here. Well, you know, start taking zip codes, start asking them when they come in and buy right. the ticket, and right. start collecting that information. You might be really surprised how many huh. international visitors are right. coming to your town or your attraction. Yeah. Um, and talk to and them, d- actually. Yeah, talk exactly. to them and
2: not simply rely on official numbers. Like a lot of the statistics are really off. Say, say if a German tour operator buys a tour from a New York company who sends a bus of Germans to Tennessee, uh-huh. they will register as 40 New Yorkers because the business comes from New York. So you have to talk to the people. But my recommendation, if people are interested, is uh, no, uh, call Kimberly or call Brian call you and ask you because Kimberly and Brian they are they really know the international markets and they provide for programs which pull together resources not everyone has to do it on your own you combine forces you contribute state funding to it and there are projects like uh, next week a group of Tennesseans will visit Germany and and visit two operators Mm -hmm. can be part of that someone is coordinating that, and that's Kimberly, and that's Brian, and uh, talk to them when you're interested, and they, you will then tell them the word out what's the best our, for them.
1: Representatives. Yes. But
2: there, there is knowledge in place, and uh, guidance in place, and uh, all you need to do is ask.
0: And I think that's a great way to wrap, that's a great way to wrap this up. I appreciate your guys' time, and a big takeaway that, that I have got and gotten from this whole conversation is pay attention. Yes. Pay attention to your audience. Pay attention. Go beyond the numbers. Go beyond the stats. Talk to people. Understand what they need. Understand what they want. And understand how what you are willing to provide lines up with that. And provide real experiences and real relationships. Kimberly, thank you, Wolfgang. Thank you so much for joining us. And This has been Best Behavior Creative Club.